Hello everyone, welcome back to the 8th episode of the Innovation Cloud Podcast and I am so excited for this episode because we have a really amazing special guest here with us today and this guy, this individual, this person, this amazing human being has done some really amazing things and wonderful work and I really want him to do the self-introduction and really allow him to do yeah it's really exciting and i'm so excited so please that special person harris introduce yourself who you are where you come from and what do you do so hey guys harris here i am 18 years old i am an entrepreneur and a content creator at the same time and i post content on linkedin and Besides of that, I have my own social media agency, which aims to help brands create content and generate leads from that content through organic content marketing. It can be on TikTok, LinkedIn, and Instagram. I've been a part of TKS Innovators as well for some time, but I had to get out because of some family issues um, that I had to deal with. Um, And then I connected with this amazing Human being, Clint, we we hit it off uh, a couple of days ago and decided to sit down to sit, share our content, our conversation, just like, you know, talk about life, talk about entrepreneurship, philosophy. And yeah, I'm just looking forward to to unfold my thoughts on this podcast. So looking forward to it. Thanks, Clint, for having me. I I'm really excited for this one. And it's really cool because one of the coolest things I guess our listeners should know that I think you're currently based in a different country than where I am at. So as for everyone, I am currently based in Canada. So that is where most specifically in Calgary. But Harris is an amazing individual who is from Europe. And can you tell us a little bit more about your background, where you come from and where do you currently uh, where are you currently based? Of course. So I, I was born and brought up in Pakistan and lived there for nine years. Uh, my dad had his business going on in Denmark. He had been in Denmark for like 25 years, almost 20 years at the time. Um, and then my parents decided that we need to have more family time because our dad used to visit us twice a year for a couple of weeks at a time. So we, we decided to pack things up, move to a uh, whole new culture a new a new continent with different values a different language and there I was I, as a nine-year-old came to Denmark and started it started in a, a language class so back in the days like 10 20 years ago when you used to come to Denmark you were automatically put in a normal school class but at the time that I came there was this crisis in Europe with Syrian refugees so the government had, uh, they opened a, a, a language class in every single school because Denmark had a lot of refugees. There I was and learned the language in eight months. Then I began my official schooling in Denmark. At the age of 16, I finished middle school because high school in Denmark is from the age of 16 to 18. I, yeah, so I went to high school. Um, did high school for a year, a year and dropped out 
and because high school wasn't for me the conventional high school so the education system in denmark has three high schools the normal one which you all know with most of the subjects that you have in canada united states across europe and across the world then you have one that is tech based which is with like subjects like coding uh, programming it's about design ui ux and then there is one which is business oriented i took the business oriented and now here i am at the age of 18 um, creating content having uh, working with a ngo which aspires young entrepreneurs in denmark we help them connect meet and network with some of the biggest entrepreneurs in denmark and i am just figuring life out taking it as as it comes love to meet new people i love new opportunities and we'll talk more on that but yeah there was it was this was like a little brief about me so here love i am it, in denmark right now in, in canada yeah really so. cool really amazing no i love it i love it yeah like i love the experiences that you have you know telling us a little bit more about the context of where you come from where you are now and what you do right and i feel like even for on the brief introduction of who you are, I got a quick glimpse of you showcasing that enthusiasm of that entrepreneurial spirit. And I want to touch base a little bit more about that because I see that you mentioned you started your own marketing agency and you're right now a creator on LinkedIn and different other platforms in the past and really even giving back with a part of the NGO that you're a part of. I just want to pick your brain a little bit and talk. And I would love to ask, like, how did you get into entrepreneurship or how's your entrepreneurship been or what age did you get into entrepreneurship? So tell us a little bit more about your background there. Yeah, of course. So my dad, he, he was 13 when he dropped off uh, out of school because his family couldn't afford it at the age of 13 he's starting feeding his family because my granddad was getting too old. He retired. Uh, my dad at the age of 13 went from a small town to the biggest city in Pakistan alone as a 13 year old kid. And since then he has been self-employed. So entrepreneurship has, I think it's in the blood of the family. Um, I've learned the hard work Love that. from my dad and Love that. talking about my journey. Um, I come from a South, Asian family where having education, a good degree does matter a lot. That's something that parents, um, as they inspire the children to take the educational, the conventional way. But my dad has always told me that education is necessary. I need to take a degree because it gives me a safety net. But he says that if you want to do a, if you want to make a big impact in any field, you need to be self-employed and you need to pursue your passion, your purpose, and you need to pursue something that where you want to wake up every day and feel the spirit like it's a new day. I need to get off to work. Something that motivates you to get out of the door and pursue something. So I think entrepreneurship for me, it started as a journey at the age of 15 where I was reselling shoes with one of my friends on Instagram. We had this page where we bought sneakers, sold sneakers, earned a little bit of money. Then I came across social media marketing. But before that, I actually did freelancing also. When I think about that at the age of, um, I think I earned my first online money at the age of 14 doing really logos cool. for gaming channels. 
on Fiverr and I didn't know how to use Photoshop. So I used Canva, a simpler way. Again, entrepreneurship is all about figuring it out. Um, did exactly. that, then I had my research venture and then I took a break, you know, uh, I, I was a little bit lost because um, my, my interests changed every couple of, uh, like couple of months. So I, I remember that at the age of 18, uh, at, at the age of 13, I realized that I was going to be a software engineer because I heard it was a cool job. You, you can get to work in Google, Microsoft, these big companies. Then at the age of 15, I wanted to go in the pharma industry at the age of age of 16, I wanted to be a political scientist. So when I, at the age of 16, closed my resale venture, I was, I was lost. I didn't know what to do next. So that's why when I decided to educate myself on entrepreneurship, self-improvement, you know, improving myself. And by doing that, I came across, met different people at the age of 17. After dropping out of high school, I started my social media marketing agency because I'd been on and off creating content on YouTube at, since the age of 12. Like I remember uh, the first video that I created on YouTube was on 29th, April, 2016. I still remember the day with my okay, laptop cool. webcam and the microphone, the microphone that I used for that video was these, I don't remember the game, but there was this game for PlayStation karaoke game and I bought microphone for that. So I used those microphones. So I, I realized that con uh, entrepreneurship was my thing. And when I mixed entrepreneurship with content creation, which is also a form of marketing, I, I found out that this is my, this is my thing. I need to, I, I need to pursue entrepreneurship. Um, and here I am operating my agency, have three clients now working with them. And coming back to your point about the NGO that I'm working with, um, I found it really hard to find people at my age in Denmark having an entrepreneurial spark. So when I came across this NGO, not did I only want to meet other entrepreneurs, I wanted to expand this NGO to other cities in Denmark as well. So they also have access to the same network that we have here in Copenhagen. So we do these events every month where we invite some of the biggest names in the Danish entrepreneurial field, people who have been on the Danish Shark Tank, people who have done big stuff, sold multi-million dollar companies, they come, they have a keynote session, a public speaking session, followed by a networking session where all the all the attendant, attendees and the entrepreneur, they they talk to each other, get to know what what everyone is up to. And it's just this great community that we are building of entrepreneurs. I love it. I love your whole story, your background. And you touched base on a couple of things that I really want to get into. And one of them was actually entrepreneurship itself. It can really be defined by you. It can be defined by what you want to do specifically based on your likings, your passions, etc. But the thing is, what I found is that you don't really understand or know what you want to do if you don't go out there in the field and try out different things in which you have done. You tried out different uh hypotheses of different businesses and you tried out to create your own marketing agency and which is amazing and i really 
love your passion your enthusiasm as an entrepreneur doing so many different things and currently being a part of an ngo props to you trying to give back to a lot of individuals is really inspiring and i really want to understand uh from your perspective right how were you able to shift different from different ventures that you started how did you know when was it the right time to try something else or close down a business because one of the challenges for a lot of individuals is that they start something but eventually they end up either not pursuing it in the long term or it wasn't sustainable how was that experience for you how were you able to go from starting different types of ventures when you were 13 15 to where you are now with your marketing agency and as a creator on LinkedIn. So very exciting. Yeah. Um, so if we start with the thing about how I moved on from one venture to another, I think at the end of the day, it, 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 it should, it needs to be something that, that, that you think is fun. So when I stopped feeling that what I was doing was not fun anymore for me, that I was pro- procrastinating on that matter, I, I, I knew that it was time for me to move on. Um, and the other thing is I was figuring and learning new things every day. Like also in my, in my free time, I read a lot of books and I think that some, it's something that Gen Z need to do. Because as a Gen Z, I know from my friends, Actually, let me tell you an episode from today, which happened at, at high school today. Um, one of my friends, we so our teacher was absent and we just had someone from the administ- administration come up, take the attendance and then go. Then we need to like do the work by our own without the teacher because he, he was sick. And I heard one of my friends saying like, oh, it's going to be so fun for the next one hour. I'll just chill on TikTok. And... I think I think that's the problem of Gen Z that um they they rely on cheap dopamine sources and they are not in it for the long term. Exactly. And that's something that we need to change as as a generation, as a community. Um so I think that people need to acquire more knowledge because if we look back at our parents, I think um they what their generation is currently struggling with is keeping up with the technology there are new technologies coming up every day and i can see that if we despite the fact that we are one of the most technological generations ever existed on this planet i think if gen z keeps doing what they are doing by sitting on tiktok all day i think we will waste our time our precious years um on on not learning things that we need to learn in order to secure our future. Like people need to get out there. They need to know what's going on in AI, in blockchain, how to build good habits. They need to build their self because the twenties, as I read in, in one LinkedIn post, it's called your defining decade. You need to really like figure things out in twenties. You need to know what what's your purpose because once you know that, your career is just gonna accelerate. So the thing with Gen Z is that they take their 20s as as a decade where they just want to party, they want to have fun. Most of Gen Zs. I know a lot of Gen Zs like you, Clint, like the people who are at TKS, who really are behind a 
a, a purpose, who have a purpose, who know what they want to do with life, which is great. But for the majority of Gen Z, they need to acquire knowledge. They need to get different perspective, not just from the TikTok feed. They need to get perspectives from creative and intelligent intellectuals. And you can only do that by listening to podcasts, reading books, because sometimes, yeah, you can listen to a book summary. But the thing is, there will be one or two chapters, even one or two sentences in a book that will hit you more than it has hit anybody else, because you can relate to that. hundred percent. Different things. hundred so percent. I think that if you want a successful life, you need to try different things as early as possible. Exactly. Try to find your purpose. And once you've done that, trust me, you would not like confidence will never get out of your life. You will be so confident. You will be so driven. And once you have that clarity, you are unstoppable. And that's something that I've been feeling for the last two years. I've found my why. I've found my purpose. I have clarity. I have set a plan for the next one year, next three years, five years, and 10 years, which can sound stupid because people are life. Life is unpredictable. Yes, it is until you make it predictable. If you make it predictable and you know what steps you need to take, you will get to your destination. Exactly. A hundred percent. I agree with all the statements you made. And as you, as you touch based on, it's really how, it's like entrepreneurship. If you think about it, true entrepreneurship is a long-term game. It's like, you need to be in it, be in it for the long-term. Most of the generation that we see currently with Gen Z, for example, which is the generation that we are a part of, it, they're mo- a majority of the individuals. What they see on social media is the facade of fake entrepreneurship, as I want to call it. And it's really interesting because it's really about, you know, delayed gratification and really thinking about long-term, uh, being long-term, that mindset of thinking long-term. And really thinking of that why, that strong why that drives you. What most people see and what for, especially for the younger generation is being on social media, being surrounded by different types of platforms that allows you to get information from one part of the world to another so uh, quickly and so efficiently is that what you see there is just a facade. It's like, why would people be on different platforms selling a course or selling different types of tools that you may think could help you. But honestly, what I also found is that those individuals who are on those platforms, who are different creators, it really depends who their target audience is. Because what I learned is that even though a lot of, you know, even for me personally, what I saw was that I was, when I first got introduced to TikTok when I think I was around 16, but then deleted it after being a year on the platform because it was I was on the consumer side. Really seeing that from that perspective, from the creator side, really allowed me, I was not a TikTok creator. I was just like, I we've seen people who create content and focusing on entrepreneurship specifically. What you see is that we get stuck to this different, to this terminology called hustle culture, right? Is that what you see on TikTok or Instagram could sometimes just be a fake uh, facade that most entrepreneurs don't usually get 
until they go through the ups and downs. It's like what you see, it's like, it's not even 1% of entrepreneurs usually face. It's like, you don't see the setbacks. What you see is mostly end results that most entrepreneurs don't even try to show off or those who do amass that certain amount of success are not even, don't even have the time to go and actually show, showcase that form of wealth, etc. But you touch base on that amazing topic. And I really want to understand because you're a creator in, in LinkedIn and you've been a creator on TikTok. I really want to understand when you shifted from being a creator on TikTok to LinkedIn and being a creator right now, what was the biggest, I guess, challenge that you saw from the younger generation of Gen Zs or even millennials or even younger generations with the upcoming uh, younger teenagers and kids coming up is really understanding what are the biggest challenges that they face currently with social media or in terms of what you saw as a creator? Yeah, so I like this question because I really wanted to talk about it. So the thing about social media is, and I'm saying this as a creator, um, I have also written, funny enough, uh, a LinkedIn post about it, but the problem with people nowadays is because of social media, our attention span has become so, so short. And because that we are able to get, like if you want to order food, if you want to get food, a couple of thousand years ago, you went out eight o'clock in the morning, hunted that food, took it back home, and then you celebrated that today we found food. The thing is, today you can see the next piece of content by just one swipe. You can get your most desired um, cuisine by booking uh, by 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 getting your food delivered in thirty minutes. If you want something from Amazon, if you want a new game for your PlayStation, you can order it in the morning. It will be delivered in the afternoon if you're a Prime member on the next day. So the thing is, we are all about quick fixes. The human being, the human race is about quick fixes. What I realized as a TikTok creator, and I'm saying it honestly, I was on TikTok for the short, for the short game. I was playing the short game. I was not playing the long-term game. I was playing the short-term game. I was there because I wanted to get followers as quickly as possible. I was there to get as many views as possible. But what I realized is if you, even if you are a creator on TikTok, you need to be a consumer for twice amount of time in order to keep it up. So if I'm a creator, I need to know what this platform, what's working on this platform in order to produce the same content, plus the content that I wanted to share and the, my target audience I wasn't getting that on TikTok. Yes, I was getting likes, I was getting views, but the people that I wanted to network with, the community that I wanted to build, it it wasn't on on TikTok. And that's why I shifted to LinkedIn. And it's funny enough that like over so short amount of period, like three, four months where I went from TikTok to LinkedIn, I was thinking about it today on my way back to from school. When I was coming back from school, um, a couple of hours ago, I was thinking that I really want to start this monthly newsletter where I share my progress with my community and my audience. And I was thinking because there are a lot of people on short from content platforms that is doing it as a video. So I was like, should I do it as a video? But then I realized that now I am on LinkedIn and I am in it for the long term. And what is better for me getting 100 likes right now 
in one hour are getting 100 emails in the next 10 days. And I heard this in a podcast uh, from an entrepreneur who has an email list of 100,000 people. And it's a big community. 100,000 people is a big community. It's the second biggest city in Denmark. It's the second biggest city's population in Denmark. It's a whole city in its own. And he said something like, um, so the podcaster asked him, why don't you do short form content or don't post any video content since you have so much knowledge? And he was like, I'm playing the long-term game because over the years he has collected 100,000 emails that now, even if you want to create TikTok, Instagram or YouTube content, he can literally send a mail say this is my new TikTok, Instagram, or YouTube handle, subscribe to it, and a bare minimum of 5 to 6% conversion will be seen on that email. So 5 to 6% of people would subscribe to his channel. And if you're a new channel who suddenly get 5,000 subscribers, the algorithm know that the content that you are making is benefiting their, their platform because people are coming from another platform to watch your content. And that will boost you on that particular platform and then i realized that i am in it for the long run so i will build my email list my newsletter gradually steadily i am in no rush i'm just 18 years old there is no need to rush i need to build a network i need to build a solid community and that's why i shifted to linkedin um i delayed my gratification my my outcomes that i would get as an influencer um for the sake of getting um, connected with people that are like-minded, people that I, for like, I really want to connect with, that I really want to talk with, and that's what made me shift from LinkedIn, uh, from TikTok to LinkedIn, and that is what I want to say to the Gen Z that you need to think about the long term. Yes, your long term requires you acting in the short term, and that's why you need to plan your vision if you have one great you are ahead of 90 percent of the people because 90 percent of gen z nowadays don't know what they want to do they just know that they have to go to college because everyone else is doing so so if you have a vision great if you don't try things out you there will be something there will be something that you enjoy and that is what you need to find and you can do that by trying things out there is no other way to do it and you have this opportunity that you're born in a time where you can live of anything. You can literally live of creating toy videos, with, which Ryan is doing with 28 million subscribers. That guy's 12 years old, and he's earning more than all the YouTubers on the platform except of Mr. Beast. So you don't have any excuse. You just need to sit down, find your interest, find things that you can get paid for, and find things that you need. You need to find your ikigai which is the Japanese. Exactly. Yeah. And that's my... I, I was, yeah. 100%. I was going to get into that. I'm like, you're touching base on a concept called Ikigai, right? It's like what you're good at, what the world needs, and what you can get paid for. And finding the middle ground around there. But to sum up most of the majority of the context you mentioned, because you mentioned so many great topics that we could go down into. But one thing that really stood out to me was really that was really understanding your perspective of the shift that you had of understanding your end users, who you wanted to make an impact. And I feel like it's really driven by your why, by your purpose. And 
there was this one LinkedIn post that I saw, and I really want to ask you about this because it was really recently that made me want to self-reflect with the current challenges that we had. And it, the post on LinkedIn goes, it's like, like how Gen Z is living in a world of illusion when it comes to entrepreneurship, quoting your N.O. Harris. But what really stood out to me was the last statement. If you want to succeed as an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, you need to work hard, be innovative, and create something of value. And I feel like, to me, that's how individuals, that's how we live life. It's like we're providing value for other people in some form of way, no matter if it's, you know, in um, money or it's in time, we're providing value. But I want to ask you and touch, and I would love for you to touch a little bit base on your perspective on that, is that how does someone find that ikigai to provide value for the world or for other people so they can make an impact? Yeah, um, just to sum up on what you said, um, you talked about entrepreneurship being about uh, being value-driven and being driven by providing value to society. So your product should be that good. Unfortunately, the concept of entrepreneurship today has turned into drop shipping. So at my at the NGO that, that I work at, we That's had this funny. entrepreneur. Uh, we had yeah. this entrepreneur who was big in e-commerce, and he said that if you want to do e-commerce, do not touch drop shipping because drop shipping is not value driven. I and I will never buy this statement from any entrepreneur that they are drop shipping because the product that they are selling is providing value. It is not. They are selling crap that will end up in the bin maximum a month after the customer receives that. And unfortunately, that's what Gen Z's perception about drop shipping is that you create a drop shipping store, post on TikTok, get the product from China, which is who knows is created by by child labor, who knows? So the thing is that you should be value-driven. You should not be outcome-driven. Start by providing value. And if the pr- value that you provide is so Love good, it. you will you will get the desired outcomes. And talking about how Gen Z can find their ikigai, I can only talk for myself. And again, I found it from getting different perspectives. And I will literally, I will beg the Gen Z to to delete TikTok, please. Because people like my friends who are a little entrepreneurial, they are like, no, we have TikTok because we find motivation there. We find tips and tricks about entrepreneurship. Yes, but how many, how much of that do you remember? You do not because that video is 20 seconds. And if I ask you about, hey, can you remember the video that you saw yesterday? You will forget it. So the thing is that if you want to get perspective, you should get intellectual perspective from people who have experienced something, not from a quote written on a video of a Lamborghini driving on on Sheikh Said Road in Dubai. It's not the perspective does not come from there. It comes yeah from for sure intellectuals 100%. who are driven 100%. provide value through their knowledge in terms of books, podcasts, YouTube videos. So if you want to find your ikigai, first start by researching about things that you think are genuinely fun to do if it's biotech read about it watch videos about it if it's crypto do it yeah you can like literally start by doing things that you think are fun find make a list of that 
and then dig deep into it. And I'm not saying that if you if you like um, if you like uh, cartoons, dig deep into watching cartoons. If you like cartoons, it's because you like the visual work. And if it's that, if it's not that, it could be storytelling. You like the story. And if you're driven by that, you should dig down in learning about storytelling, learning about visuals, UI. You should you should be learning about how to how do I create content uh, for Cartoon Network. So the thing is, there is always a why. You just have to realize that it's your purpose, and it's not that hard. You just need to make a list of things that you find fun and motivated to do. And once you do that, find a thing that you think will be provide value to other people and will pay you a good amount of money. I'm not saying millions because it doesn't have to be millions. That's something that I've realized that it doesn't have to be. I will live a happy life if I just earn a couple of thousand bucks as long as I'm doing something that is making me happy, that is providing value to other people and is making other people's life better. Um, and that's how you find your EKB. And that's how I did it. I suppose other people can do it as well. 100%. I love it. You know, I love, you know, the context you give, sharing those perspectives and really understanding that it all takes about really, you don't, you won't really know what you want to do, or you don't even know what your passions are until you try out so many different things until you find out what you like and having that bias towards action. It's like a terminology that we have still, even in like TCAS, right? It's like, it's it's so important because you can apply that anywhere and any part of your life. It's like to really follow your curiosity and try out so many different things opens up a whole world of exploration and discovery. And I feel like that's something you've been doing. It's that you've been trying out so many different things, moving on from different ventures to another that eventually in the long term, playing that long term game, having that mentality allows you to seek your dividends in the long term. And this is something that I saw actually that I really resonate with from you. And you can touch base a little bit about it is like investing in yourself for the long term. It's like, I saw that quote, I don't know how it went, but investing in yourself could provide like more dividends in the long term than any index fund or any form of investment and I believe that. I believe that. I feel like I feel like investing in yourself, reading books, etc. I want I want to touch base a little bit more about that because you are an individual who is really intellectual and who's very knowledgeable. You love reading books, etc. And can you touch base a little bit more about on your journey regarding investing in yourself and what does it look like? How can others do the same thing from what you've done? Yeah. Of course, um, the thing about investing in yourself is I see it a lot amongst Gen Z, again, from a TikTok culture perspective, when they think about investing, they see these guys that are 21, 20, uh, 22 years old, presenting their self as self-made Forex and crypto trading millionaires. And the Gen Z lives in this FOMO that, oh my God, I'm 16. I can't just wait till I get 18, open my crypto or Forex trading account and then overnight, I will buy dollar at a rate uh, uh, pegged with Indian rupees and the Indian rupee will fall and I will be a millionaire. No, it's not how it works. You don't even know what Forex is in the first place. So if you really want to pursue that, first of all, you need to get knowledge about it. And 
I started reading back in 2021. Um, I started reading books about geopolitics, about uh, surveillance society, the 1984 by George Orwell. And these were like books that um, were recommended to me by my social science teacher, because as I said, at an earlier age, I wanted to pursue political science and I had a deep interest in that. I still do as a hobby, not as a uh, career. But the thing is that um, you need to to invest in yourself before investing in anything else. In anything else, if you you are sixteen and you get hundred dollars of pocket money, that's what I did um, uh, a month. And as soon as that money landed in my bank account, the first app that I opened was Amazon, and I had a huge uh, basket filled of books that I had picked out through the whole month that I was going to read next. And then I would order like six to eight books every month. And trust me, the amount of money that I've spent on books is scary. Um, and one point it got so scary for me that I needed to buy a Kindle because I was like, I can buy a Kindle, download the, the PDFs or the books from internet and read of that because that's a one-time investment. But the point I want to make is investing is in yourself, as you said, is the best dividend one can do. And trust me, I, I, I presume that if there is anybody from Gen Z that is listening to this, um, they will probably be like, no, I can't focus when I read. Neither could I. Like, I remember reading my first, second, and third book, and I would go on, read 10 pages, like literally fo force myself to read those 10 pages. And when I read, I was like, what the heck did I just read? Like, I totally forgot it. And that will happen. I have seen it happen to my friends, to my family, who I have encouraged to read. They're like, yeah, I, I want to learn new stuff. I want to learn about entrepreneurship, investing, self-improvement, but reading is really boring. That's what most of my friends says. But I say to them, stick with it. Just like you do with any other habit. There is this, um, there is this concept in Atomic Habits book by James Clear called the Disappointment Valley, I presume. It is the period when trying to build a habit where you will be like really demotivated and disappointed because you don't see any result and anybody who gets through that phase when building a habit through that disappointment valley will see such an exponential return on their investment of building a habit or reading that they will thank themselves for the rest of their life and i'm going to thank myself for reading those three first books that was re recommended to me by my social science teacher because they literally send set up a, a foundation in in me of building a habit as reading and that's what i i'm going to say to all your listeners that living in an age of scrolling is difficult but one hack if you want to start reading and you have an ipad tablet or kindle use it if you don't have it buy a kindle because the thing that i found interesting with kindle is when i started reading on kindle i turned on a function which was like scrolling function so when i needed to read the next page instead of swiping left or right to read the next page i was scrolling and i tricked my mind to believing that i was scrolling because at the end scrolling on tiktok or scrolling a book the the mind just want to scroll <laughs> so so the thing is there are a lot of ways that you can hack your brain to read more to focus more to be more productive and all that content is available for free on internet even the books that i'm talking about you don't need to buy them you can read them off internet but just just try 
to get more intellectual, acquire more knowledge in your interest and just try to, you know, get different perspectives because once you do that, you will, those different perspectives of your interest and your hobbies will, will like create your own philosophy. So I have my own philosophy, which is based on the perspectives that I've got. And the same will happen to everybody who's going to read. Um, so yes, invest in yourself. That is the best investment. There is no need. Even if you like, I see a lot of TikTok influencers and I really get pissed off when I see it saying, as soon as you turn 18, uh, put 100 bucks a month in s and 500. By the time you get uh, 65, you will have $3 million. Yeah, but $3 million will be equivalent of $50,000 adjusted to inflation by that time. So is it better that I use those $100 every month on self-education and self-learning by buying a subscription to Skillshare or reading books? Or is it better to put in some fund where most of the company, you like most of the companies on the S&P 500 the last 25 years, and I know that they add new companies, but the thing is when you invest your money in companies, you don't even know if they are going to be there in the next 10, 15 years. So why not invest that small amount of money um, in yourself and there's this quote uh, from uh, i listened to it on uh, a podcast called modern wisdom by chris will um, he was talking to alex Hermosi, and the quote goes like um poor people take a huge amount of risks with small amount of money and rich people stay ri no it wasn't like that yeah the thing is poor people get rich by taking huge amount of risks with small amount of money and rich people stay rich by taking small amount of risk with huge amount of money. So the thing that I'm going, I'm telling you, take risks and in take investments, do investments in yourself with small amount of money because they are going to pay you like infinite, infinity dividends. Um, yeah, that's well, what I have to amazing, say. Amazing, amazing. 100%. And I feel like you touched base really on people lacking the discipline when it comes to, for example, once they invest in a book, because I feel like self-discipline really is the other factor when it comes to investing yourself, right? You want to try out something new, try out, build out your skills, but trying out something new at the start is really hard and it really takes consistency. And that's what I found is that to build really great habits. And you talk about, I was going to ask you, what are some of the what are some of your favorite books? But I can probably tell one of them will be Automatic Habits because it's a really great book that really gives you perspectives. Like in general, books gives you perspectives. And I feel like that's the best thing about reading is that it allows you to gain so many perspectives from so many intellectuals, reading books from philosophers in ancient time, like from Fonzu to Aristotle to Stoics who lived in Greek, who lived in China or even current individuals who are publishing books here and there, but investing in yourself requires a ton of self-discipline, being consistent, following that consistency, having those data points. Because in our generation, even for the younger generation right now, right, it's like they're mostly in here for the short-term gain, like we mentioned and we touched base earlier. But allowing ourselves to really think why is that a cause it's because mo the mentality is that it's really hard to shift of how information is being passed on with with the current digital world that we live in and it's like people have 
this there's this term called cognitive loading where everyone has like a short attention span and what it's like a dopamine effect that when you go on different platforms and you read something you don't read out it's like tldr right you don't want to read out a whole paragraph people don't most people don't want to do that they just want to go into the quick one-liner that hits them and it gives them motivation but i believe that i don't like discipline eats up motivation like that's the reason why investing yourself is very 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 important because you're building out skills especially for young people young people in our current generation are too focused on external factors that really play a role and how they think how they live lives and it's really important that you mentioned of allowing yourself to really open yourself up to try out skills, buying books, doing so many things that really in the long term, it could pay out much further than what an index fund could do, what the S&P 500 could do. And it's really great to be financially literate and learn so many things, but that's another field. It's that one of the things I learned was that even going through like the social media phase of, hey, this is what you should do when you get 18, get a credit card, open the S&P 500, which is great. But what I learned is that that strategy is why they insist in letting young people do that. It's because it allows them to build habits, really great habits of investing. Not those day traders who go out and just say, hey, do this. This is a great strategy because for the most part, you're just trapping yourself and really it's you're in it for the short like short-term games short-term games and you want to think long-term and that's the reason why self-discipline and also building really great habits allows you to find ways to invest in yourself but by doing so then that short that long-term mindset sorry allows you to have a strong why and i really want to understand your why and what pushes you to do all the amazing things that you do because you share great wisdom, you share great experience of so many different things. But if I were to ask you, what is your North Star or what gives you fulfillment and drive to do the things you do every single day? Yeah, it's a big question, to be honest. Um, I wasn't ready for this one. But since I, as of now, has a why, that's what I'm going to talk about. So as I said, um, I'm from Pakistan and I've lived in Denmark for almost 10 years. I came here in November 13 and so almost 10 years this November and I'm starting getting homesick and the thing my country is facing right now with climate crisis, political, economical, I think that as someone who is well off and who knows that I am well off compared to the majority of my community, I need to give back to the community. Um, my purpose so far is to is to become an entrepreneur in the first place because I want to I, I like to be honest I want to accomplish every external materialistic success because it will provide provide me with giving back to the community. So I am currently driven by building my personal brand um, to help my Gen Z community give them clarity perspective and the other thing is that i am currently driven by driven by building my personal brand to benefit my business to benefit my ventures because personal brand is something that everybody is going to build 
within the next five to 10 years. If not by choice, then by force, because you need to have it. As I have written on LinkedIn, authenticity is the new currency because people can smell like trash from far away. They know what is authentic and what is not. So you need to build a personal brand where you connect with your community, whether it's for the community for your business, which can be your customers, or whether your community that you want to connect with Gen Z and so on. So the thing is that um, I am currently driven by that. I want to build my personal brand to inspire others, thereby use my personal brand to expand my business ventures. And when I've done that, I am going to give back in community. So my biggest goal is to educate Gen Z in my home country, which is Pakistan and South Asia region, because I see the potential in South Asian kids. Um, the thing is that they just need an opportunity, which they never got because of lack of governance. I don't want to get political or anything. The thing is that they have the talent, they have the discipline, um, and they have the morals to execute anything if just provided with the best resources. Um, and that's why I want in the longer term to become a social entrepreneur, a philanthropist and in, in the education sector. I think once you get your education, once you learn new skills, and I'm not talking about getting a degree on anything, you need to upskill this generation because skill is skills are what are going to matter the most in this uh, in the long term. Um, so that's my why. I want to serve my country. I want to serve my community. And I want to have a life where if I look back 30 years that I can say to myself that my advice are the services provided by me to my community, the Gen Z community and my country have benefited some individuals, even if it's five, 10, 20 individuals, I will be fulfilled. Um, and I think that's the, that's, the, uh, that's the way to think about it. Um, that you need to give back to the community once you have got everything that you have desired, then you know that it's time to give back to the community. And that's what I want to do in the long term. But as I'm saying, in a lot of my posts on LinkedIn, I'm still figuring life out. I have a purpose, which is being value driven towards my community right now. And yeah, that's it. I love it. I feel like, you know, it's really about providing value and being value driven and finding what is your ikigai, finding how can you in the long term give back. And I feel like it's a full cycle, even with entrepreneurs, because great entrepreneurs eventually become philanthropists. How can they give back once they attain that level of success? And success is may be very subjective to so, so many people. But really understanding your why allows you to have a clear vision, understanding that you mentioned this earlier, is that, you know, even with so many setbacks that you face along the way, you're able to have a strong North Star that pushes you every single day. And, you know, one of the things I guess I really want to ask you before we wrap things up, because it's I think this is a really great segue to understanding more of your philosophy and you can, this is more of an open-ended question that I love to ask my guests at either at, uh, at the end of the episode is really understanding what makes you happy or if you are happy, what is that source of your happiness and why? 
Yeah. Um, as I said, I'm driven by providing back to the community. That makes me happy in any, in any form. It can be what I'm doing right now. And what I'm doing right now is providing the value that I have accumulated, the knowledge that I've accumulated um, through the years. And I'm just giving back to the Gen Z community. And there is like, I know we are about to wrap up. One last advice that I would give to Gen Z. And if you want, you can post this as a highlight. If I had to give one advice to the Gen Z right now, is investing. Or actually, wait, 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 wait. Because actually, that was gonna be like you. You read my mind, and the, I was, I was gonna segue into if you had one message or one lesson you wish to share to the rest no, of your world. No, no. What would, well, yeah, what would that be? Yeah, I was like, you read my mind, so I was like, it's okay. All right, we'll just. This is gonna be. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting. No, it's like it's amazing because now I guess this is like it builds all the tension to this final moment of if you had one message to tell the rest of the world or dress of Gen Z or who maybe that would be is that what would that message be? The message would be invest in the following things that I'm about to tell you. And the things that I'm about to tell you are not some stocks, crypto or a fund that you should invest in. You should invest in yourself. And if you were to follow my advice, here's what you should invest in. First of all, get a Skillshare account. Skillshare is this online learning platform because when you pay for learning, you are more, you like, you have more value to that content that you're provided with. You can learn how to use Photoshop on YouTube, but by learning that on Skillshare, you will be more driven to learn that because you've paid for it. The second thing is listen to audiobooks, podcasts, read books to become an intellectual, to become a knowledgeable person, and to form your own philosophy. And the last thing is invest in your health and fitness. That is something that I have realized recently because when you build yourself physically and mentally with health and fitness, you get so disciplined by going to gym every day that if you're able to build yourself physically and mentally, you can do anything. You can build a unicorn, you can build anything. And that is my advice to the Gen Z. I love it. I love it. I love, I love that. And it's a great way to wrap up this amazing episode. And first and foremost, I just want to say thank you, Harris, for coming on and sharing your valuable time uh, with the rest of our listeners. And I'm really excited to see where you go. And I'm really excited to see the success and growth that you will have in the next coming years. And other than that, you know, I just want to say thank you so much. And to our listeners, uh, you know, it's been great to have you guys on. And Harris, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. The pleasure, Mice. Thank you for having me. And I had a had a great time talking to you once again. It's always great catching up. Wonderful. All right. I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.